0: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here at DHC. Thanks for being here today. We are smack dab kind of right in the middle of this five-week talk conversation series, whatever you want to call it, called Dumb Decisions. Because the truth is, the fact of the matter is, if we were being honest with each other, all of us in the room would probably admit we've, pretty, we've done some pretty dumb stuff in our life. Whether it's a small thing or a big thing, we've done some pretty dumb things. And so what we're doing in these five weeks is we're taking a look at how we can avoid making decisions 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 like this that we regret, that we don't have to pick the pieces um, up from, right? This is so important. So today I kind of want to tell you just a quick story as we begin. I think it's going to set the stage for um, what we're going to talk about today. So I don't know if you're, you're into the media or you check things out, but if you were around in 2012, you saw this story come out. So The Walt Disney Company, this big conglomerate, actually purchased another conglomerate called Lucasfilm. Okay? Lucasfilm is the company responsible for producing film and television series and movies based on the Star Wars movies. Now, if you're not a Star Wars fan, don't don't check out. This can still apply to you at some level, right? But Disney bought Lucasfilm in 2012. And what Disney said to Lucasfilm was, is, hey, we want to have a new movie by 2015. So they developed this and they came up with The Force Awakens. for those of us who were a Star Wars fan, like this was the big deal, right? Mark, Carrie, may she rest in peace, and Harrison were all coming back. This was a big deal. But I was also excited about the merchandise that was going to come along with this because you knew that they were going to sell the ton of, you know, we sell a ton of merchandise related to this. And so, one of the rarest items that I thought that was coming out based on this new droid in this Star Wars movie was this, right? This is okay. So I want to tell you what this is. This is kind of like the first remote controlled from your phone like new thing, it was called a BB-8, Spiro made these things. And I was like, it was a new new idea, new concept, but you could actually control it from your phone. And I said, listen, I don't, these are going to be so rare. I don't even know that I'm going to be able to get my hands on one of these things. This is how much people are going to want this item. There's another picture of it there. You can see it really cool. Control it. Uh, These are going to be so rare. I'm not going to be able to get one of these. Well, me and my buddy, John, you know, the guy who was up here doing the announcements a few minutes ago. Well, we wound up together just randomly kind of shopping for some stuff at the Boca Town Center Mall and we walked by Sharper Image and I said out of the corner of my eye I said they have them they they got them so we go in and I'm playing with one in fact there's a picture John posted on Facebook you can't read the caption but it says the face of a man about to waste money and so that's what it said and so I was playing with it on my phone it was really cool and so I'm I'm getting one like this is it like I'm definitely in for this I got it but I say to John I say hey they have these in stock. You should buy one. And he goes, why would I buy one? I said, no, no, no. I know you don't want it, but you should buy it to flip it on eBay. He's like, you think so? And I was like, John, I know you're not a Star Wars fan, but I am. And I got to tell you, these things are going. They're sold out everywhere, all over the country. You need to purchase one of these to sell on eBay because they were $129.99, right? I said, John, Let me tell you something. Now, my buddy John grew up outside of New York City, so he kind of knows the stock world, the financial world. And I said, I know you've been dealing with investments kind of your entire life, but I said, allow me to tell you this. I think this might be the best investment you ever make. I'm telling you, I guarantee you by tomorrow, if you put it up for a one-day auction, you're gonna at least end up with $700. You can go buy your wife that bag she's been talking about. I was like, you are going to like fivefold, quadruple, quintuple your money, quintuple your money. John, get this. So he goes, well, listen, I don't know Star Wars, but you do. If you're telling me this is what I should do, all right. So he bought one, ready to flip it on eBay. Bought it for $129.99. I bought an extra one so that I could flip it on eBay. We did it together, (laughs) right? Do you know how much we sold them for? 74 (laughs) bucks. And you know what that was? Dumb decision, Right? But see, I tell that story to open up just because it's kind of funny because we talk about these things and we've all kind of made what I would call dumb decisions in one way or another related to this issue, which we're going to talk about today, and it's money. And now some of you are maybe even here for the first time, or maybe you've disengaged with church in your back and you've been coming for a while and you're like, I knew it. It just was a matter of time before they pulled the wool over my eyes and started talking about money around here. Well, let me tell you and kind of reassure everybody, that is not what this message is about. Um, We will talk about giving a little bit and what that can mean for your life when you experience generosity, but today's message is about you and your personal money and how you manage it so that you can stop having to make dumb decisions related to your money, how you can kind of crawl out of maybe where you're at and how we as a church could help each other in this journey together. Because throughout this series, we've been talking about this word, wisdom. And we're going to look at today, how do we handle our finances, our resources with wisdom in our own personal lives? But see, this book of wisdom that we're talking about is actually the book of Proverbs. It's this old ancient book that many consider to be outdated, but we consider it to be alive. The wisest man to ever lived by the name of King Solomon actually wrote this book. And we think that when we look at what this ancient book has to say and we apply it to our lives today, that we can actually make better decisions, that we can actually have less regret because the stuff in here is so, so good and one of the things why we decided to talk about money was because in the book of Proverbs, there's like a couple of common themes throughout the entire book, and money is one of them. So today, we're just gonna kind of dive in. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse four, it says this. It says, lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. In Proverbs thirteen eleven it says, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work disappears grows over time. So if you think you're getting rich just by sitting back, it's not gonna happen. The scripture tells us that. You gotta work hard. Put one foot in front of the other. Make sure that you're going to work and enjoying that and how it could actually affect and benefit your life. But allow me to make a point about money and about our culture today, which I think is so important for us to understand. Here's one of the things I want you to know about money and resources, right? In our culture today, you cannot live without money. You cannot live without money. Help, help let me to understand. Explain this so you can understand a little bit more. See, the world today is constructed in a way where currency is essential to daily life. So, in kind of postmodern America, 2017, the world today is constructed where you can't really live day to day without currency. Sure, you might be able to, you know, think that you can, but maybe you won't end up without a residence then or a place to stay. And in our culture today, food and even water or beverages cost money. So to even survive, you just can't survive without dollars, right? So that's why it's important for us to look at what actually money is and how it affects each of our lives and why we need to be wise related to money. Because if it's essential to our life, we want to talk about it. And that's, again, where wisdom comes in, right? Because one of the things that I believe with all of my heart about money and about resources that a lot of us don't do, or maybe we haven't done in the past. This is something I believe. Money needs to be handled with wisdom. Money needs to be handled with wisdom. Not, is this the right thing? Should I do this? Should I buy this? Not, is this the wrong thing? But in light of my past circumstances, current experiences, and future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Because for so many, if we were being honest, we've made a lot of unwise decisions related to money. For so many, this is a reality. For so many of us, we've kind of looked at each other or maybe looked in the mirror and gone, why did I buy that? Why did I do that? I know I couldn't afford that. Why in the world did I do this? Now I'm riddled with debt, right? For so many people in our culture, and maybe it's some of you in this room, this word is a reality. And this word is gonna make some of you uncomfortable as we talk about it today. But this word is what happens when we make unwise decisions financially, when we become riddled with debt. Now, I understand why. It's really easy in culture to understand why we get into debt. It's the way our country was made, right? Because we're told over and over again, yes, you need to go to post-secondary education and go to that school and take out this loan to do it. The interest rate's low, don't worry about it. Yes, you need a new car, you need to get that done, the interest rate's low, get that American Express, get another one, get another one, right? The interest rate's low, and what happens over time is, with our financial unwise decisions, we end up in this debt situation that some of us can't even crawl our way out of because it's crippling to our everyday life. And if you're not there, I'm glad, but the truth is, the reality is, the fact of the matter is, is that most people that I sit and talk with, whether they're having relationship issues or maybe it's just a personal issue, money is the number one thing that always comes up. And the same thing is said over and over and over again. I'm in debt, and I don't know how to crawl out of it. But the cool thing is, the scripture talks about this. The book I was talking about, Proverbs, talks about this very issue. In Proverbs 22:7, it says this. This is so key to understand. Don't miss this. This is so key the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. That's how graphic the language that the author uses to describe what happens when you are in debt. The borrower is slave to the lender. Our country has a very bad history with slavery and that word. And we know how terrible it is. That's the word that's used here. Terrible. When you are in debt. I wanted to look at what The definition of a slave was actually in the dictionary because I think it's important for all of us to understand that. And it says this, slave, a person who is the legal property of another and forced to obey them. That's what happens when you're in debt. You actually owe someone else something and your life can't function the way that it's supposed to because you're riddled with the debt. You're not enslaved to a master or an owner, but you're enslaved to American Express you're enslaved to visa. You're enslaved to your home, right? Because the bank who mortgaged your home, because this is so key, right? For us to understand the legal property of someone else and forced to obey them. So if we're in debt and our country's in debt and personally we're in debt and our families are in debt, what are some of the consequences of debt? It's interesting to look at this because sometimes we go, okay, Yes, we are, now what? What are some of the things that we're paying the price by being riddled with this because of? Well, the first one is so simple. You can't give. Whether you choose to do that here or to a person or another organization, that is none of our business. We hope it's here. That's not what we care about here, though. But when you're so riddled with debt, you cannot give the way that you should give to culture, to our community. And I get it, right? Why? Because you have bills. You have payments. And the interest rates are racking up. How could I part with this little amount of money here knowing it could go there and reduce my debt? You can't give. And we're going to talk about this in a second. Giving, being generous, is one of the coolest things that we have the opportunity to do as people. So you can't give, but then you know what else you can't do? You can't enjoy. Sure, you can go out to dinner. You can go on vacation, but when you're riddled with debt and that bill comes at the end, you didn't pay for it in cash more than likely. It just added to the bottom line. It added to the debt. So therefore, Even though you appear to be enjoying, there's still something in the back of your mind that goes, ooh, I really, really couldn't have enjoyed this as I thought I could because I know this just made the mountain higher. And then lastly, your relationships suffer. Not only is it your family and maybe your friends because you can't hang out with them as much, but if you're in a dating relationship or a married relationship and you have a mountain of debt, the number one issue I've sat across from couples and talked about is debt. Because it's hard, it's stressful, and then you can't focus on the individual like you want to. Your relationships suffer because of debt. This is why it's so important for us to begin making wise decisions related to money. So I looked it up, and there's some debate on this figure, so you might see something even different, but do you know what the average household in America is in debt. Some people include the mortgage in this figure. Other figures do not. It's kind of like 70-30 debated this. Do you know what the average household in America is in debt? It is $203,163 in debt. And if you're staring at that number, how can you do anything? Because the only thing that you need to do is figure out how to pay that back because you're a slave to the people who you owe it to. 203 grand. So here's something I want you to know at Downtown Harbor Church. We're just gonna say this and we're gonna set this standard from the stage and you can remember this during the week or whenever you're looking at your finances next, you can remember this. This is one of the things that we wanna start doing here more than anything that we do, right? We need to learn to live below our means. Yes, we might even be able to afford it. Should we? I don't know. It's just piling up the debt. Yes, we want that. Should we get it or should we not? We have to look at our dollars every single month and go, okay, let me lay this out. And then with what I have versus what I want, I need to learn to live below that so that I can have excess at the end so that I can do other things with it so I'm not so stressed to the core of my being that I can't even live. We have to learn to live below our means. I don't want to start that right here. But do you know what the debt says to me the word debt, and your own debt, and my own debt, and our country's debt. Do you want to know what it says to me so much? And this is something that the scripture talks about that we need to avoid at all costs, but you know what it says to me? I think this is so important. It says to me that people love money, and I get it. It's appealing because everybody wants a new suit, and you want a new ride, and your house needs to be tricked out because you live in South Florida, and there's a show to put on. I get it, right? Okay, But when people are that far in debt, allow me to tell you this, it shows me that we as human beings in culture, we love money. So I want to tell you something right now, and this is just a very blunt thing from me to you. If this is something that you're dealing with, and I've sat across from many of you and I know that it is, and I believe that God puts people in different places, and maybe you're hearing this today because you needed to hear this. If this is something you're dealing with, allow me to tell you this as bluntly as I can, whether I know you or I don't, right? You need to get out of debt. It is time, it's time to put a stake in the ground, it's time to get healthy, it's time to get out of debt. It's time to do it, why? Because when you're riddled with debt, you miss out. When you're riddled with debt, you miss out on things. You miss out on not only the things that I just described of all of the consequences of debt, right? But do you want to know the main thing, the number one thing that you miss out on if you're riddled with debt? It's the number one thing. If you are stuck in this place, you miss out on generosity. See, when you're riddled with debt, you're missing out. And if you're not generous, you're missing out. It's just the truth. If you're not generous, you're missing out. Because here's the truth Giving to help organizations or causes, don't miss this, or people is the coolest thing that we can do. It's the coolest thing to watch someone else benefit because other people are struggling. If you meet some of the happiest people on the earth, do you know what kind of people they are? They are generous people. They are people who say, just because I have it, it doesn't mean it's mine. I'm gonna go help others and give it away. But it's nearly impossible, it's next to impossible to do that when we are riddled and riddled with debt and i talked about money and debt and how people love money but i'll tell you this if you love money more than people you will never get the most out of this life it will never happen god created human beings for us to engage with and to love and so often we've fallen in love with stuff and we've fallen in love with possessions and things and so i just have an exercise for everybody to do if you want to take me up on it i don't know So this next week, go into your checking account, your online checking account. Maybe that's not your main account, but go whatever your main account is, right? And print out or look at on the screen your last three months of bank statements. And then go look at and answer this question. How many of these line items were spent on stuff? And how many of these line items were spent on people? or spent on organizations who are fighting injustice? or spent on organizations who are trying to change things in their community? How much is that? Because see, if you love money more than people, you'll never get the most out of this life. That's why it's so key. Now, I'll tell you this, if you're sitting here today and listening to this, you might even be thinking, wow, this guy thinks money is bad, right? I don't know if I wanna talk to him about money because he thinks money is bad. Allow me to tell you this. Oh, I don't think money is bad. I think money is a good thing. Money is not a bad thing, right? Money is a good thing. I would love people at Downtown Harbor Church to go into amazing professions and make awesome money so that you can live the best life ever. I think we should be entrepreneurs and starting companies and starting businesses to help transform our own community. Oh, I don't think money is a bad thing. Don't get me wrong there. Because a lot of people think that the scripture calls money a bad thing too. And it doesn't. The scripture talks about money being good, right? And how we can actually do that in our life and give to help other people. But see, people get confused about money because they think it's bad. But see, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says this, money is not bad. Whoa, whoa! For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which is everything that we're talking about today. You know, I know that we love money as a culture, debt. That's how I know. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Think about that. So my question is for you today, you love money? Don't love it more than people. Scripture talks about that. See, because money is a good thing. How you manage it can be an even better thing. See, when you put a plan in place for the dollars that come into your house and then put that out there so you can know exactly what you're spending on. Not this willy-nilly kind of strategy of just swipe the card every time and you know what's coming in and what's going out. Then you can understand where things are going. You can see it on paper. And then you can go, I have this much left. And I want to do something good with that, right? Because I believe this is so true, what we said earlier. In Proverbs 22:7, 7, if this is true, this means everything. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. I don't want to be a slave. I don't want any of you to be slaves because it's terrible and it's awful. And the reason the scripture talks about this is because they know, the authors and writers knew how bad that this was. Furthermore, allow me to say this. If you've said yes to Jesus at any level in this room, if you're followers of his and you've said, yes, I believe that he is who he says that he was. And I've kind of pivoted my life and follow after his teachings. Number one, I think you should do that in your life. If you haven't yet, you should do that and say yes to him. It's just a simple moment in your life where you say, I believe that. And then you pivot and go this direction, right? If you said yes to Jesus, you can't serve both money and God. I'm not saying that. The scripture did in Matthew six twenty four. It says, you can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, you'll end up hating the other. It goes on. It says, adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship both God and money. You can't worship both God and money. You know, I was kind of hitting the pause button. You know why this is so deep and so powerful for all of us in this room? It's Because we know at some level in our lives, whether it's today or we've gotten out of it, this has affected all of us. This has affected every single one of us. And the scripture talks about this, and we want to take it seriously. So at the end of every message for this series, we've been asking a question. What's the dumb decision? And we're going to put an answer on the screen that you want to avoid doing in the future. What's the dumb decision? Here it is. Living beyond your means while loving money. That's the dumb decision. That's something you want to avoid. That's the one you don't want to do. Why? Because of everything we've talked about today. Don't you want to go on vacation and pay the bill, right? Like, because I do, right? Don't you want to go out to happy hour at night and pay with your money? I do, because I don't want to leave stressed. Don't you want to be able to do that? But so often, because we're riddled with debt, we're living beyond our means. And even though we may not show it in our face, we know that in our hearts, when we pay the bill, when we sign the check, It's just making the mountain higher. It's just making our stress go crazy. Living beyond your means while loving money is what you need to focus on. And then this, this is our bottom line for today, don't miss this. Money can make your life or ruin your life. You get to decide, which is so cool. Money can make your life and it can make it a lot easier if you manage it well, or it can ruin it. And I'm not saying that some of us haven't been through stuff. And then we made some bad bets and things didn't go the way that we wanted them to go. I'm not saying that other people haven't shafted us out of things that we deserved. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that every single day there is an opportunity and a chance to hit a reset button related to your personal financial future. It's possible. Don't give up hope. We've made a culture out of giving up hope and going, I'm done, I'm thrown in the towel. No, no, no. You can do this. And your life will be better because of it. The scripture says that. So... I want to tell you a story um, some of you, most of you in this room probably don't know. Um, but I want to tell you a little bit about me and Caitlin. So my wife Caitlin, is an ER trauma nurse, if I haven't mentioned her yet today. She's downstairs working with preschoolers right now, um, that's why she's never in this room at 1030, she works with our preschoolers. And we got married about eight and a half years ago. And in our marriage, we brought into the marriage, right, roughly between 68 and $73,000 in debt. That number between 63 and 78, which the exact figure eludes me, did not include, don't miss this, did not include student loans or a mortgage. 63 to 70, or 68 to 73,000 in debt. So what was it? Credit cards, our wedding, the Disney vacation club, they saw me coming, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> brutal afternoon, right? That was, uh, we owned a piece of property in Michigan that we had bought because we thought we were going to be in a small town, Right? For the rest of our lives, and God had other plans for us. And so I said to Caitlin about six months in, I say we sat down, because I, I was managing the money. Um, kind of one person had done that in our marriage, and it worked well, so I managed the money. I sat down, I said, okay, here's the deal. We got to get this straight, we got to clear this out. So we sat down, and we put together a plan. And it took us about 18 months, but we completely crawled out of every single cent of debt that we had. And we did it by using a resource and a plan. It's not intimidating. It's just practical and good. I'm going to put him up here, okay? This is the guy we use. Um, now, if you're a money person in this room or a stockbroker, you hate this man, right? And let me tell you why. Because he doesn't make bets. He's safe. He wants to make sure that you're taken care of before you go play. It's not the easiest thing to do. This is a hard process because we looked at each other and said, we're not going on vacation. We're not going out to dinner. We are going to save and scrimp until we get out of debt. And we did. And I will tell you, It is the absolute, other than marrying Caitlin in my life, it was the absolute best decision that we ever made as a couple, ever, was to climb our way out of debt. Being very blunt right now, we are financially free from debt. Every month we pay our credit card off in full. This guy tells you to not get credit cards. I don't agree with him because I like my Delta Sky Miles, okay? Bottom line, I do, okay? He he wouldn't agree, but that's no problem. But what I'm saying is, is that if you are struggling and this is you, this might not be where you want to go, but this is a practical resource that you can put into practice tomorrow to get into a healthier place. He goes through a seven-step plan of, number one, just take a thousand bucks and put it in the bank and don't touch it. Let that be your first kind of emergency fund. And then pay off all your debts with a debt snowball, starting from smallest to largest. That way you can gain some momentum and be excited about what you're doing. And then put, this is where stockbrokers hate this, put three to six months expenses in just liquid savings in a savings account and don't touch it and let that be your emergency fund. That way when stuff happens, because I don't know about your life, but in my life stuff has happened, that way you don't have to charge it and go back into debt. Even if you want to put it on the card for the miles, you just take it out and pay it after that, right? here's the deal, we all have to figure out how to get a fresh start and practically do this together. This is key, this helped us. And I'm only up here telling you guys that it helped us and it might help you. So if you wanna look at that, this is something that really helped us crawl out of our debt situation. We operate on a monthly budget, we have excess at the end, and we just are having a great time in life. It's so fun to be a part of. Christian, you can take me back to the other slide. Here's the other thing I'll tell you. From a very young age, this is just a personal story, a very young age, I was convicted and my wife was convicted that one of the things that we needed to do was to give away the first 10% of our income, not only to local churches, but others that need it and the whole nine yards, right? We give to the local church now, but we give away the first 10% of our income. I did it, started at 19. She did it. She was starting at 16. It was a really cool story. But I have to tell you this. Before I was out of debt, that check was painful to write. It was painful It was terrible. It was not easy to do. And after we got out of debt, it was the funnest and best thing that we got to do all month was to help and invest in other individuals and other people. Here's the deal, guys. Money can make or ruin your life. You get to decide. And at Downtown Harbor Church, we talk about very practical things every week because we know that you, right where you're at, are struggling with this because I've heard you say it. That's why we do messages like this. I don't know about you, but I want it to make my life. I want to enjoy. I want to hoop it up, right? That's what I want to do, okay? Money can make or ruin your life. Let it. But it starts by putting one foot in front of the other, making wise decisions, and crawling out of debt one step at a time so that you can be free. Let me pray for us. Father, I am just so thankful for who you are and what you do and God, I know in this room right now, there are people who are struggling with this issue. And for people in this room, this might've been a difficult message today. I'm thankful that you work through hearts in a, in a good way to be able to do this. I pray for anyone struggling financially that you would bless them and touch them right now. That you would help them to figure out what they need to do, knowing that it might not be easy to do it. And knowing that at the end of the day, it will ultimately affect their life for the better so that they can bless and honor other people and be, give, and be quick to give the glory to you. God, help people to do that. Anyone who's struggling today, I just pray for them. I pray that your spirit would surround them and that you would help them practically develop a plan so that they don't have to struggle anymore. With you, God, all things are possible. With you, we can be free. Help us to do that today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.